Welcome to The Corner, La Source's digital show dedicated to the sport and entertainment industry. Every two weeks, we invite a professional to share their experience, background, and challenges. The sport industry moves fast, and having their insights is the best way to keep up to speed. Welcome to The Corner. The world of football is constantly evolving. New stakeholders see the opportunities and industry leaders shift their focus towards innovating their business model to keep up with current trends. In our latest Le Corner episode, we had the pleasure of welcoming the director of World Football Summit, Jan Alessi. He shared his experiences with the sports events industry. From the inception of this dynamic venture to its international growth, Jan spills the bean on the challenges faced but also the groundbreaking strategies that propelled them to the forefront of the football world. We hope you will enjoy. Here is my privilege to have a long-time friend in the industry, Jan, Jan Alessi. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Jean-Baptiste, very well. The privilege is mine, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> so Jan, for those of you who don't know, he's uh, he's the he's the big guy behind the World Football Summit. You 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 don't know much about him. He's not really into the newspapers or talking. Usually, he's always like uh, in the back of every event and of uh, of the industry. But uh, he's a person that I wanted to invite on the podcast because I think his uh, his vision and what he's put together is is something to be to be shared with the with the industry. So thank you, Jan, for. For joining us. No, thank you for having me. And well, I'm one of the big guys, and we're two partners. And and yeah, Mariano Tamendi and myself, yeah, and who set up this this uh, project now over seven years ago. And and yeah, yeah, we're very proud yeah. of the work done so far. <laughs> and uh, actually, yeah, what we like to to start with is a bit giving a bit a bit a brief background on who you are, the journey in the professional world. And in sports, maybe afterwards, and after we we can deep dive in, in on what football summit. Yeah, well, I'm um, I have a, a bit of a strange background, or 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 very very international, which uh, works well for 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 World Football Summit. Um, I have an Italian mother, Dutch father. Um, I was born in Rome, but have lived most of my life in in Madrid, in Spain. Um, I don't, I mean, I have a very Dutch name. I have a Dutch passport, but don't speak a word of Dutch. Uh, so <laughs> I'm a bit of a shame to, to the Dutch, uh, to my Dutch nationality. I consider myself Italian because I was born there um, and I, I lived in Rome my first seven years. Uh, so my national team is Italy, uh, but I'm also a okay. Madrileño. Uh, and this is welcome the passions from sports? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously living in Italy, then in Spain, I mean, football has, has always been a big passion. Um, I'm a, I, I arrived in Spain when I was seven, so I immediately became a Real Madrid fan. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I've always had a big passion for, for football, but, 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 but as a fan, no? Uh, I'll let you know a little bit later, but, but no, the, the plan was never to really work in in the sports or, or football industry, but I've always enjoyed it a lot. No, and and obviously it does help 
a little bit when when working at World Football Summit, no? And um, <laughs> and yeah, I did my university in London. So uh, and after that, um, I start working in a company actually based in in Spain, uh, but traveling the world. Uh, so I worked in a it's a company it's a small company called Noah or um, and uh, what we did we this company they published special advertising sections that were published in in uh, in magazines or newspapers all over the world like the New York Times Paris Match mm-hmm. uh, Le Monde Daily Telegraph etc no? so um, I worked in that company for three years uh, traveling the world, I went to like sixteen countries in three in three years. Uh, a lot in Africa. I was in Angola and in, in Algeria, Cote d'Ivoire. In Cote d'Ivoire, actually, is where I met my partner Mariano Tamendi. That was back okay. in the year two thousand. So yeah, we're very. And you old. were speaking French as well. Yeah, yeah you were yeah. speaking all the. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because actually, my parents, when they met, they spoke in French amongst each other. My my mother was a translator from. Uh, French to uh, Italian. She she lived in Senegal, in 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 Canada, in Quebec. Um, and my father, well, he uh, he's Dutch, but he left Amsterdam when when he was eighteen, seventeen, and he worked also in many French speaking countries. So both of them are fluent in in French. I learned French at school, then at university, I did management with French, but my French is not too good. My sister actually. She lived in Geneva, or she's, well, she's now in the States, but she's come, going back to Geneva. So she's lived in Geneva most of her life. Um, so actually in the family, the one who speaks the worst French is, is me, is myself, no? But, uh, but yeah, I, I do speak it sometimes, no? And, and yeah, uh, I go often to France and obviously a lot to Switzerland, also, because of the work, I always every year I go to to Switzerland for 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 some time and go to Zurich to Neon and do you know the the tour of all the football organizations that are there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember from from time to time at Lake Lemont and 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 stuff like that. And so you you started the business, but I know as well different discussion that you've built your own business i mean you've been an entrepreneur yourself so can, can you tell us that yeah exactly so well after after working in that company um traveling the world it was a it was a company that mainly what we did uh was sell these special advertising sections that promoted business relationships um and cool. and commercial deals between different countries no um, only that the product wasn't too good. It was a great experience because it allowed us to to, to travel the world, uh, to meet very very interesting people, and 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 to sell these advertise advertisements with which these reports were were then financed. Um, so then, back in two thousand and six, I set up what is 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 still called Nexus Fostering Partnership, uh, which is actually the company that owns World Football Summit. World Football Summit is not a company, it's a brand that is owned by Nexus Fostering Partnership. So everybody that works at a World Football Summit has a contract with, with Nexus. What we I started to do with Nexus was, it's a company that is based in Madrid, in Spain, and it was do the same, promote these commercial relations between Spain and different countries 
But what we added from the special advertising section was the events side. Uh, so instead of just publishing a report in a newspaper or a magazine, uh, mm -hmm. what we did was we brought a normally a, a government organization together with companies that wanted to attract uh, investment. Connect or, yeah. Yeah. So we organized these events in Spain. We organized the program of the events and we ensured that the that Spanish companies who were interested in strengthening ties with those countries uh, came to the event and, and we organized all of the B2B meetings. It's kind of a, an attractive, uh, I don't know how to say that, but kind of a public institution, kind of a business force, meaning yeah. like you, you're in charge of the uh, attractivity of... Yeah, uh, well, in fact, we, we organized many of those events with with what, an organization here in Spain called the FEOE, which is like the Confederation of Spanish Businessmen. So all the all the big or all the companies in Spain belong to to um, to the FEOE. It's like in the UK, it's I think the Confederation of Business Federation or something like that. Yeah. That every single in every and, single. And how come how come football? Like I mean, to I mean because you have all the sectors. I guess I mean. Sports is clearly one of a kind because everybody's talking about it. Eyeball is amazing and everything. But if you look at it from a pure business perspective, it's not, yeah, not no. the biggest. I mean, if you look at the health sector or I don't know, automotive or whatever, it's 10, yeah. 20, 30 times uh, bigger. It was, it was why? A, it was a why? big The problem that we had with Nexus is that we worked with many countries. We did a, uh, projects with Mexico, with Colombia, with Indonesia. But they weren't, um, I mean, it was difficult for, for, for them to be a repeat business with each, each country. So actually in 2012, together with um, some partners, I set up what is now called South Summit, uh, which is an event very similar to, basically it was a copy of Web Summit, which at the, at the time took place in Dublin. Um, and it was an opportunity to bring together the key stakeholders, well, the, the main startups in Spain in order to attract investors, no? uh, both national and international. Um, so I actually participated in the first edition of that event. Uh, at the time, it was called Spain Startup and Investor Summit. Um, and now it's, well, for example, they last a month ago, they did their 11th or 12th mm. edition. And it's a huge event, very successful. And that was a little bit the seed. No, I only participated in the first edition of, of that event, but that was the seed of, of World Football Summit. We started to look in the Nexus team for other industries that didn't have that annual meeting point. And, uh, and with Nexus, we organized an event with Indonesia. And, uh, and surprisingly, one of our sponsors was La Liga. Uh, and uh, La Liga sponsored this event uh, on Indonesia, and it was it was La Liga uh, uh, football challenge. It was a program of La Liga. Yeah. Uh, to uh, Indonesia is one of the key market territories that you want to to address when you are like a rights holder on your international strategy. I mean, they are the numbers. They are, are just crazy. Yeah. No, exactly. It's three hundred million population. It's the biggest Muslim uh, country yeah. in the world. So they, this program of La Liga, what they tried to do was to encourage or to ensure that 
Spanish clubs during the preseason, they would go and play preseason matches in mm -hmm. countries where they wanted to where they wanted to promote La Liga. Yeah. No? So there actually it was a person who was working in our team, Marcos Pellegrin, who's now the director of La Liga in, in, in South Africa. He came up with the idea of, of World Football Summit and he said, hey, listen, La Liga has these strong objectives and, and, uh, and, and they want to internationalize themselves. Tebas at the time was really started to, to talk about football, not as a sports, but as an industry. So we put two and two together and said, hey, there might be a space there. So we started talking to different people. It was very tough because we didn't have a single contact in the football industry. And uh, and and obviously, well, yeah, but I, I have to admit, yeah, I mean that. I mean, for the for the audience, that rings a bell for me with the football innovation forum. I mean, from the story you are describing, it's a bit the same. Is you see a need, or you hear a need from a right holder or from from a person working directly inside that business, but maybe missing some kind of operational skills or capacity to deliver or to put that together, willing to uh, promote it, to invest in it, but cannot deliver it. And then you are kind of the right arm managing to say, okay, we can pull this out together based on your needs yeah. to best serve your your objectives. So, so it's well, quite, now, now quite it's a little bit easier because now we have a name, no? But you can imagine when we came up mm -hmm. with the idea, in 2000 how was it like in, in 2000 the first one like the the first event was like when you compare 23 to 2016 i mean 2023 2016 it's like nothing comparable uh, nothing comparable. no not at all i mean it was an entrepreneurial project no so actually we we had a great idea um but you know ideas are worthless no and 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 financing an event is very very tough And and we we had never done we were we were experts organizing events but had never organized such a big event, um, so we were actually trying to get you know budgets from different communications company and it was impossible to organize it with those budgets. At the end, we had someone in house who managed to do the event for very little money no uh so actually the budget of the first edition of war football summit has nothing to do with the budget that we have today which is a lot larger mm -hmm. but we we had it was we had to take a bet no and two months before that first edition we weren't sure whether we would make it or not no and at the end we actually managed to break even in that first edition Um, but like 90% of the attendees were Spanish, were local. Now it's 60% or close to 60% are international. Uh, we have many mm. more attendees than before. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was a big challenge. Uh, but, you know, we, we knew that if we did a first edition and that it looked successful and that the people that participated, uh, then we could build on that success And, and and each edition would become bigger and bigger, which is which is what happened, and which which is what normally happens uh, with with any sorts of event, no. Uh, so But you need you need to start small. I mean, for any kind of project, you cannot go like except if you have a big investment or a big financial uh, take 
where you yeah. can think big to a certain extent. Otherwise, you always start even for a project. You, you need to start to a small, you test it, whether it's a crash test and there, whether it works or not, and then you build on it and then you expand. And if there is some kind of satisfaction or first ROI, then it goes. Uh, just sidetracking a little bit because on the business side of things, and I know the event industry is quite tough, and you, you mentioned as well the, the PR or the, uh, the publishing one, which has been also having quite a hard time. What's your view on not necessarily like uh, giving the numbers on World Football Summit, but the uh, the idea of being profitable or break even? It's like it's it feels like going also to to these events. It's always harder. I mean, it's try to it's hard also to to get the ROI for everybody involved because you have people paying for it for their brand exposure you have. Potentially, I know startups coming in that wants to leverage it or other kind of agencies or, or sponsors. But what's the evolution you've seen a bit in the event industry and how, how can you really make it profitable? Because one of your points I'm, I'm alluding to is the one where you said it's tough to be break even. And I know the event industry is a is a very tough game, so mm -hmm. I would like to to hear it from you because that's actually the the core of your business. Yeah, I mean it's uh, there are many many challenges. No, when when setting up uh, uh, an event and obviously making it commercially viable is 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 probably the the biggest of of of, of challenge. No, it costs a lot to organize a, such an event. No, and and securing enough re revenue no to to be able to celebrate it um obviously now we have a very strong mm -hmm. and long track record so many of our our partners they 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 partner with with us not not only for the event but throughout the year no uh, through all of the events that we've celebrated we've managed to you know build a platform which where we try and service the industry 365 days a year no and and uh, mm -hmm. and and we've done events in Africa in Asia uh in Europe hopefully soon in America so many of our and, and you know football and sports is is a very global industry so the yeah. fact that we have such an international database allows us to um to to offer services no and to generate revenue throughout the year and not only just for the event no which yeah it's not just a one-off then no. it's a 360 i mean it's a 365 days connection uh, yeah. networking possibility and getting to know the yeah the key people mm. yeah i mean we have a weekly newsletter which before we only promoted our event no and what we were doing and now yeah. instead, you know, we're, we have interviews. Now we've, we've recently set up also a podcast. Uh, we share news about what is happening within the industry. Um, we offer B2B services at the end, you know, um, for any company that wants to enter uh, the football industry. We have a strong, very strong network. And normally when we write to that network, these people respond and and you know how difficult it is for for many companies you know to to enter yeah. this industry so we can be that bridge for them as well and then obviously it's true the events are are are, are the highlight of of everything that we do and where we receive most most coverage we we finance our events and and it's no secret through sponsorships no through companies that want to 
give visibility to 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 their brand and to what they are working on um, mm. as an industry player, whether it is to participate in in the program of the event or have a stand in the expo area. And then obviously we have our ticketing. Um, a lot of the ticketing, however, is um, we, we well, a part of the ticketing we give for free for, you know, the clubs, the leagues, the federations, the big brands or the investors, which are the people that everybody else wants wants to meet, no? And, and we try mm-hmm. and provide those people, no? Who we, we try and take care as much as possible uh, as strong and as good a product as possible. Um, and then actually recently, and especially internationally, what we've seen is that we also are an event which is very attractive for a city or for a country. Uh, so we have institutional partners, for example, Sevilla, the city of Sevilla mm-hmm. now is, is, is our strongest partner, partner and, and they convinced us to take our European edition from Madrid to Sevilla. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. in, when we did our event in, in Africa, in Durban, it was a, a similar deal uh, in, in Saudi as well. At the end, we're an event that for a city brings one, uh, a lot of companies and, and very high profile people which help build a reputation to that city itself. And because of football and uh, and, and and the media impact that all of our events has, uh, to celebrate an event in, in a country or city is is also very interesting for any country or city. You know? So so now obviously that has allowed us to have a much stronger uh, financial uh, stability, yeah. which at the beginning was impossible. But, 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 but well, at the beginning, you know, our event was just an idea. It was very ambitious. But you need to build. You yeah. need to build. You need to have the track record and then that works. On, on the last part you mentioned, have you seen from the public authorities, is it something new that you've seen in sport? Was it first mainly the sponsors, the people from the industry, and then potentially the local people like uh, in Durban or, or Saudi Arabia is a bit different given their overall strategy, but, I, but uh, Sevilla or... Maybe in sports, it's uh, it's newer because I think, well, and you, we all know it, no? the, the sports and the football industry as an industry is rather new mm. in, uh, before. Yeah. And that's why for yeah. example, an event like ours maybe didn't make sense 10, 12 years ago because nobody in Spain or in Europe, nobody was really making money out of a football club. <laughs> football. Or a f- football club for other reasons, no? Now instead, if you if you manage it properly, uh, you can generate revenue and you see, you know, the 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 the, the valuation of football clubs, how how they've mm. grown over the years, no? And but but that was maybe impossible to see uh 10, 12 years ago. But I think what what cities and countries are doing with us, they've done it all of the time. I mean, every big city in the world has a convention uh, and uh, and events bureau, and and they try and attract big events, no, to 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 their cities or or to their countries, no, at, at, yeah. at, at one scale or or the other. And and football mm-hmm. sports is certainly uh, now a very attractive industry. Maybe before it wasn't, no, because as an industry it didn't exist, and there was no real ecosystem around it, no. Uh, and and instead now there are thousands of companies. They're working in the in the sector. Mm. I was 
Yeah, true, true. Like I think recently we've seen both the professionalization and so the uh, consolidation as a as an industry by itself, and the sports tech as well, and this kind of things. And we've seen as well there are many others events like popping up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. To you. So you've a bit alluded to it, but beyond, I mean, for you, what what does it bring? I mean thinking of the World Football Summit and the other ones that can exist in London or in other territories, what, what does it really bring or why is it important for the industry to have those kind of events? Why why it matters? Well, I think in that, obviously, we, we have competitors and, and many times uh, companies and people who work within the, the industry, they have to decide between going to one event or the next, but that's no different to any other industry. No? In fact, mm-hmm. in other industries, there are probably many, many more events than, than, than in sports. No, So there, I think we're no different to any other B2B event no? in any other industry. And we bring people together uh, and each person who comes to World Football Summit comes with a different objective. No, uh, some of them are coming to promote their brand. Other wants to learn, you know, from speakers. And most of them, you know, they want to network, you no, know, to find new business opportunities. Whether it is with new potential clients or or actually strengthening existing relationships. No, um, I think World Football Summit has created you no know, and or has has consolidated a very strong brand around football. Um, obviously, mm. we actually actively invite other sports and other sectors to participate, but it's true that football is the main actor of World Football Summit. Uh, and then the fact that, 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 that our event is also very global. I mean, what we've achieved here in Spain, we hope to achieve in other regions, in Asia, in Africa, and hopefully in the future also in North America or, or South America, no? to build that annual meeting point uh, for, mm. for, for the region. Uh, because these events, they don't step on each other. At the end, 80% of the attendees who come to Spain are European. Um, in, in Asia, they'll be Asian. Uh, in, in Africa, they're yeah. African. If we do it in, in, in the US, they'll be from there. That's why also we, we named the we were kind of obliged to to name the the events with each continent no so the the edition here in spain is wfs europe because i remember sometimes when we were negotiating with an asian country you know they were saying no but we don't want an asian edition we yeah. want your event world football summit to take place in there and that and then we were saying you know, yeah. it's never gonna happen because not by Putting it there, our, everybody who comes to Spain is suddenly going to come to Malaysia or to China or to Indonesia or wherever we do it. No, uh, South Africa yeah. for the Africa one. So, yeah. so that's when we actually rebranded what was our world with the continent to our European edition. No, uh, and uh, and that allows us, you know, to to reach new audiences, new speakers, new partners, because in each event, no, we, we have, we have a different profile no, of, uh, of, yeah. of speakers and, and also, you know, the program, the program, we have 11 tracks, which try and cover everything, but obviously they are focused to, to each, uh, 
to each yeah. region, no? And and to the needs, the needs might differ depending on the regions too. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, the topics might be exactly the same, but uh, but but obviously the the conversation and the people talking about that topic are going to discuss, you know, what their local challenges are are, no? And, mm. and they won't. So yeah, there's a famous, you know, global yeah, like... word. You know? <laughs> So yeah, I see the the key differentiator you have, and I was about to ask you what, because it's quite of tough to have all these kind of touch points. I mean, you have these events as standalone products, but doing a whole, I would say, journey throughout the year so that you embark your own audience depending on the continent, and you have the newsletters, the podcast, as you mentioned. But mm-hmm. what what's the main challenges for you, like for those large scale events like you have and You've mentioned the networking, uh, the high quality, the need for the speakers. It's what what's the key challenges that you have from maybe not 2016 because 2016 is no longer relevant. Yeah. And that was something like that was the first period. But with the most recent one is what? Well, where but, are you struggling or having issues? Well, it's I mean, obviously we. Um, to make it commercially viable is and we were to is always a challenge no uh a big big channel challenge is also bringing the right people no uh to to the event setting up obviously uh, a strong program for the event which is many times like the um, what people see from the outside no but then most people actually that come to workable summit come for for the networking so making sure that not only the speakers are right, but the attendees, you know, have, uh, uh, are coming from different backgrounds, are, are representatives of the top, you know, uh, clubs, leagues and federations. Um, then, obviously, here in Europe, we, we are rather consolidated. But when we go to a new continent region, it's like starting all over again. And there we have to work the local market, create a strong database, um, create the right alliances with the right people. Uh, And when you're new to a country or a region, it's always difficult to know who are the right, uh, you know, uh, collaborators or supporters. You know how football is. Uh, There are so many rivalries, no? So sometimes we have the support of an institution which we think is 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 key and they can help you, but that puts you against another institution, which should be so key. No, so it's also, it's always it's a pity for us because World Football Summit we try and be completely neutral, and uh, mm-hmm. we try and give a voice to to all of the stakeholders uh, of the industry. But but many times, you know, we we find ourselves in the middle of fights between. Or, or yeah, fight between institutions that that have got absolutely nothing to do to do with us, no. Uh, but well, I think it's yeah, uh, I guess I guess it must be tough to navigate this kind of, uh, especially in new territories where you don't necessarily see it or you don't necessarily aware of it, and yeah. uh, it's just kind of a backlash or something where. At the end of the day, you just want to run your event, having everybody to, to discuss and come together. But <laughs> you, yeah. you're just like in the middle of something which is like way above a way, nothing else to do with you. So. Yeah, no. And many times they put you in the middle, no? But but yeah, in many countries, you know, there's... They use you as an excuse. Yeah. They like to yeah. use you. So that's, yeah. That's we, easier. 
so yeah, so that 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 is tough, but but also I think it's also because the the industry itself is is not mature enough. I don't think that mm. happens in 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 other industries that that are more mature. And hopefully, you know, uh, in the next years or so, well, they they'll learn to you know work together amongst each other because I believe it would be in in everybody's interest. You know? <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can listen to you. Uh, <laughs> I no no, but I, I I agree with you. I think in terms of maturity, you're right. And uh, actually, that that was something I was about to allude to because you've mentioned kind of a similar to web submit, and given the industry is quite, I would say, new to as an industry to being professionalized and to being as a pure business, um, it's like we are partners on the uh, sports tech yeah. awards. And my, one of the questions I wanted to have with you also, it's something maybe we've discussed, but not in depth is, have you seen like a change in the relationship between football and new technologies? Uh, have you seen it evolved since now? And how do you see it in the future? Because it's it's a new industry where we're working on it. It might take more time, but I wanted to know like, how do you see that football new tech, especially with your sports tech award? Yeah, well, I think you there know better be, this better than anyone, no? And and in fact, is what I was saying. I mean, we provide a platform, and I'm very much in the background because I always, you know, try and bring the the experts on on uh, on the floor, no, to to discuss about new technologies, how how that is influencing and allowing the the industry to grow, but actually. Technology, we've worked with so many uh, sports <laughs> tech and tech companies, Meta, Microsoft, Amazon. We worked with La Liga Techs. I mean, they actually are the core. Uh, technology is the core of the football industry um, and mm. the sports industry. And, uh, and many of our clients come from, from, from that background. No? So, uh, and I think it's what has allowed or is allowing the industry to, to to really grow and to to become a, a, a an industry in itself. No, um, obviously football has always. I always say football is the greatest generator of content in the world. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah. No, you, uh, football is talked about absolutely everywhere. No, in in in, mm. in a physical newspaper and a physical magazine, but obviously in in every single blog. Uh, or digital and the radio, it's uh, and in social media, it's it's absolutely yeah. crazy. I, I'm always surprised when people say, "Ah, no, the new generation they 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 don't like football, they don't like sports," and and then I don't know, you see the numbers, uh, or you see a company no, they do, huh? they they do, they ju- they they do, they everybody like it's the number one asset in terms yeah. of engagement and in every platform. It's just that they. They engage and they consume it differently. And like exactly. you mentioned, you need these platforms with the new tech to actually serve these new demands or these new ways of consuming it in in a different way than the traditional one that we had back in the days when it was just a sofa, a couch exactly. <laughs> with your linear TV and sitting with your dad uh, for two hours with nothing else around. So but Yeah, no, and I see, for example, my, my nephew, he's... 13 years old, I just bought him a camp 
Uh, and he's now here in, in, in Madrid and he's uh, training with Real Madrid. His, both his parents don't like football, no? Uh, and he's absolutely crazy about it, no? And, and so are all of his friends. And now he lives in the States. He's a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, so he supports Portugal. No? He doesn't care for, for anything else. And, and it's amazing. But I also see it. So that's why I think it's a bit of a fallacy, no? When new generations, they don't like, well, TikTok, no? If anybody knows about new generations, no, or Gen Z, it's TikTok. And, and when they decided to do a huge campaign, what did they do? They, they, they sponsored, no, and they partnered with UEFA for the Euro 2024. And it was a, an absolutely huge success for them, no? So, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. It's just, uh, I, I was, it's, it's, I was just wondering if you've seen some kind of an evolution as well from not just the startup side, but also like from these main, I would say, companies in the tech sector. Uh, maybe they have arrived a bit more recently or if they were there since the beginning. But I think with, I guess, La Liga Tech is, is fairly new, but it was just a, maybe a, a continuation of what La Liga, La Liga was doing internally. And then they have this right arm being La Liga Tech and helping as well. So... I guess you've you've answered it to a certain extent, but Microsoft or or Meta and stuff they have they have been there since the beginning, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They at our events they participated yeah, yeah. since the very beginning. Yeah, mm -hmm. and 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 I, actually, when we started, we we were surprised that you know each one has their own department, but but it's but it's because of what we were saying before, no? Because because how much content is generated around football and sports within their platforms no it's uh it's it's absolutely huge um yeah. I remember, well we have a deck now and we were seeing also during the qatar world cup which in theory was wasn't going to be watched by by anyone no and uh <laughs> the amount i remember mark zuckerberg he you know he 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 posted that the amount of messages that were sent over WhatsApp during that final was the highest. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember right now the the number, but was it, uh... was absolutely crazy. Elon Musk as well was tweeting about the amount of, of usage on Twitter uh, during the World Cup. Uh, Google as well. The amount of searches. It's just it's just huge. No, and before technology and and all of these technologies i think is it's a great opportunity for football to grow no and to reach those audiences and generate some kind of of revenue from them no that's that's the great challenge i think that that the football industry has no uh as an asset class it's the best to engage after the question of whether at the end of the day not necessarily the players but the rights holders the clubs get a a decent share or a fair share around it Thanks to the technology that have been used to actually create that kind of content and distribute it, that's another question. And I think there's still some, still a long way to go to really capitalize on it for the for the industry. But I, well, I, I definitely agree with, with what you were saying. I mean, yeah, no, and absolutely, and and actually, it's and also, yeah, they generate so much hype, so much content, etc. But then you see the revenues. And and that and that's why you know when when I say that I you know work well that that I built help build World Football Summit 
um, and they say, ah, that, that it's a huge industry. It moves so much money. Huh? You must be. And I'm like, no, it's actually a rather small industry. And I always give the example, look at Real Madrid. No, it's maybe the, or City Football Group. No, they're, they're the, the club that generates more revenue in, than any other club no, in the world. No, it's, uh, it's the Apple no, of, uh, of, uh, of football. And it has an annual revenue of, I don't know, 900 million euros a year. No one. And yeah. that's the same as stores in New York. No, what they generate basically. No, which is absolutely nothing. And I think in Spain, there are 450 companies that generate more annual revenue than, than Real Madrid. No, and, and you haven't heard about, you know, 80% of those companies. No, but, but obviously as a yeah. brand, it's uh, Real Madrid. But this is this is where it's it's uh it's it's crazy to assert. I mean it's the whole it's the whole point of the industry where clearly you are an asset class and you know everybody wants it and that's why I'm not concerned on the future of sports like you were saying. I mean even new generation are still interested consuming it, engaging, playing it maybe differently, and so you need to serve them differently, but they are still there. But it's true that when you look at the numbers and the equation. There is some kind of a very big difference between the revenues that they can have and the numbers that they are supposed to have in terms of followers and people yeah. they truly know as well on their backend and in their database. So not even mentioning the Spotify Barcelona deal and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. that tells you all around. Yes, you you have the the viewers, you have the the discussions, you you are this kind of entry door to so many people all over the world. But how do you capitalize on it? How do you serve it? It's something also, like you were saying, it's the industry is still being professionalized. And I think there is still like work in progress in terms of finding the right business model for these new ways of consuming and engaging with sports and making sure also the the clubs, the leagues, the whole industry understands the stakes uh, at, the, at the current time. But yeah. But yeah. Um, going back to Work Football Summit, I was wondering like, is there anything you've learned? Uh, I don't know for in in one specific event or at one edition or all the players that you want to share or something like a something not worthy like something very. I don't know if it's something spicy or anything, but if you had like a memory or or something you've learned at some point, either during the preparation or. Uh, delivering the event or by one of the speakers on site or some, something like you, you want to share with us but well for me i mean the i mean the journey itself of you know uh from the initial idea which sounded a little bit crazy no and everything has been so so incredible and that journey really for me what has given me the most um, what I'm most proud of is is basically it's like the the relationships no that that this has allowed myself to build, but I'm also very proud of the relationships that World Football Summit has helped build. No, uh, that's a bit innate from me. I mean, since since I was a kid, no, I I loved you know bringing people together. Mm-hmm. No, and uh, I'm a very sociable person, so I have a lot of friends. And, and now, thanks to World Football Summit, I have many more. No. Um, well, the You're a connector day. platform yourself. That's exactly. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the other day, I, for example, we're, we're right now speaking with Fifth Pro. Well, I was in Istanbul 
a few weeks ago, um, and uh, Fifth Pro was organizing an, an event in Istanbul the day before our event, which was on a Friday on the 9th of June before the Champions League final. Um, and they invited us to their event. Uh, we, at the end, managed to, to, to bring them into our event, to organize an event, uh, a small panel, which was at the end the inaugural panel of our Football Innovation Forum. Um, and who participated there was Maeta Molango, no? uh, who, who actually, well, was a, who participated in the first panel of uh, World Football Summit's history. So in 2016, um, the inaugural panel of World Football Summit on the, 27th, on the 26th of October was called Investments in the Football Industry. And it was a panel with Maeta, who at the time, you know, had was the CEO of Mallorca or the recent CEO of Mallorca because it had been bought uh, by, by, by the Americans. There was uh, uh, the corporate general manager of, uh, of La Liga, Javier Gomez, um, uh, the person responsible for KPMG, who, at the mo- who now is the president of KPMG for the whole of Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, that was the inaugural panel. And, and, you know, so, you know, when I saw him seven years after from from Madrid to then, uh, Istanbul, seven years after doing this, uh, and, and do you see often this kind of profile or these different speakers, like moving on, not like maybe you don't see them for two, three years and they pop out again somewhere else or, uh, quite often. Yeah. yeah, no, at the end, you know, you build very strong relationships. It's like, you know, when I see Maeta, maybe I haven't seen him for four years, no, but when we see each other, it's a hug, no? Uh, and uh, and actually, it's funny, with Maeta, there are several interesting stories. He was meant, actually, he was meant to speak at our African edition back in 2020. Uh, it was supposed to take place on the 16th and on the 17th and 18th of March, 2020. And it got canceled five days before the event because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, he's uh, uh, he was going to come there. He's now, you know, the president of of PFA. But apparently, uh, he had participated at World Football Summit in a panel with Ebru Koksal, who was one of the decision makers of the PFA uh, mm. to make them. Uh, so there was apparently a scandal because they had spoken together in a panel. So there was a conflict of interest there. So because of World Football Summit and me putting them in a, in a panel together, maybe, you know, there was You some... created a mess. You yeah, created I, a mess. Yes, exactly. So, and like that, you know, uh, maybe there are hundreds of stories, no? And, and, and that's what, you know, I think makes World Football Summit so special and everything that we've created. And, and, uh, yeah. and yeah, and that's why whenever, you know, we see each other now. The, those those stories come up now, and and those great relationships have have been built. It works well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, b- before we we end up with our uh, with the traditional questions, we like to ask. I, I was. Can you give us a bit? What's what's next? What are you cooking up at the moment? What 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 do you have lined up for the next summit? Or, I mean, I know I will be in Sevilla, but. Uh, 
what what else do you have or is there anything you want to what can you tell us uh maybe for this this year but the next editions on the next years i know that now you are going to saudi for the next five years potentially but yeah what, what else do you have like cooked up at the moment well yeah i mean we have our seventh edition of world football summit obviously there was a hiatus it should have been the eighth no but but with the pandemic we we uh we we had to cancel that event back in 2020 um but well and as i was telling you before most of the things that happen in events happened the last month so uh the big names and the bit are gonna we're gonna announce them in a few weeks or in the months to come no but actually something that And then, yeah, three months later in December, we have our Asian edition, which took place in 2019 in Kuala Lumpur. We're bringing it to, to Saudi Arabia. Um, we still haven't set up the date, but it's going to take place in December during the FIFA Club World Cup. Um, so hopefully we will be announcing the dates as soon as possible because we're, we're speaking with the key stakeholders to ensure, you know, that that it makes yeah. sense to organize the event during those dates, that we don't step on any other anybody's toes, and that our event, you know, uh, is is included within the program of events that will be taking place during during those 10 days. We're hoping to renew also our African edition and doing it in March next year. And hopefully soon we'll, we'll, we'll also come to, to North America now. And with the 2026 World Cup happening there, It makes a lot of sense for, for us to do it. So our big challenge is to have a regional uh, or uh, regional event in a different continent in each quarter. No? And, and to ensure that they all become, you know, they, that they all consolidate themselves uh, as much as we've done here in Europe and, and obviously yeah. uh, a lot more. But something that I'm actually very excited and that we hope to launch in 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 Sevilla on the 20th and 21st is is a rebranding of uh, of World Football Summit uh, so well you know with with rebrandings there's always quite a lot of work to do and uh, but we've worked with for the past two three months with uh, uh, a Spanish company called Suma branding they're they're very very mm -hmm. strong They in sports they worked with they do the branding for for Barcelona they did a rebranding for Sevilla they did the branding of you know the famous Kings League uh, and then they worked with many other um, with with many other companies and uh, we set up a, an agreement with them and and we did like these workshops to together with them to understand what World Football Summit is how we want people to look at us, what are our long-term objectives. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's been, I don't know, them, some people might like the new brand, some won't like it at all, but just, you know, the, the journey we did with them to learn more about ourselves, because at the end, you know, we were, you know, each day we have your all, values, yeah. where, where, where you want to be, yeah. your, your why, so your, your vision. Yeah. And we've never, or many times, you know, we haven't dedicated enough time to that. But this company, you know, forced us to do it. And we learned so much about ourselves and how we want people and what our vision and our mission is. And it's incredible how a company that knew so little about us or nothing knows so well about everything. Us. Yeah, everything. No. So, so we're, that is a project I'm particularly excited about because 
Also, I've always been very proud of, you know, the, the image that we have. And, but this is going to be a, a big change. Uh, I think in the right mm -hmm. direction and, uh, and, and yeah, I think it will put us, uh, uh, it, 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 it elevates us as a, as a, as a so company. So you are entering into a new era. So you had like the first phase where it was starting from scratch, building it, making it, and now it will be a new era for even more globalized consolidation and not only Europe. So that's it. Yeah, I, I don't want to be your director of operations, to be honest, thinking of it like jumping from one continent to another every quarter to, to organize that kind of things with different culture, different ways of doing things. But I can see the journey though. It's, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. No, and yeah, no, we're very excited about it. And and yeah, I mean, we've done well, but but we can do so much better. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we still... Always, yeah, exactly. But that's good, no? So, um, yeah, we, we still... It means, it means we're not done yet. I like no, it no, because no. You, you, it, no, it means like you still have like good ambitions and you see like the, the glass half, half not full or half empty and not half full. So it means yeah. that you are still like, uh, you still see some... some oh, but we're still a startup. I mean, we didn't exist seven years ago, no? Our, our first event was, yeah, uh, less than seven years ago, no? And, uh, and with a pandemic in the middle, no? So... During two years, we weren't able to bring people together physically. No, we we did do it digitally, yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, which was actually we were very lucky that the pandemic took place during 2020 because maybe in 2017, 2016, the technology wouldn't have existed to to enable us to do what we did. For example, we did two online events, and on paper, actually, they were the best events we ever did in terms of number of <laughs> attendees, quality of the speakers. Now, obviously, the revenue had nothing to do with, with, uh, <laughs> with non-site revenue, but at least uh, the brand... The expenses too. Well. Yeah. And the, uh, the expenses too, if you look at the bottom line, yeah. it's... Uh... <laughs> well, but, but we suffered quite a lot, huh, JB? I mean, yeah. We were yeah, 20 yeah. In, in, March, in March 2020, and one year later, we were six people in the team now, so... So yeah, it, it, it hit uh, it hit us hard for sure. And well, we survived. We did well. The brand, uh, I think, even grew. No, and uh, and and now finally we we are back where we were, and and with even more ambitions. Listen, congrats. Honestly, like I said at the beginning, like uh, I think now you are more. I mean, I know you professionally but uh, you are a good uh, you are a good uh, connector or networking so and say it's more you're more of a friend than a, than a colleague in the business so uh, congrats on on what you have set up and uh thank you for for taking the time honestly no, uh, Ian. that was super super interesting uh, and i hope the rebranding will go well that will have something new in in September, and I will see you. I will see you there anyway. Like if I don't see you before that. Fantastic. Okay, JB. Thank you very much. Thank you for the time, Jan. Cheers. Bye -bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoy it as much as we love creating them. If you like the episode, feel free to comment, rate, and share with people around you. You can visit our website www.lastsource.io to learn more about our activities. You will discover a wide range of articles, 
and can subscribe to our newsletter to receive the latest tech and sports news in your mailbox every month. Stay tuned for new episodes. Le Corner.